0: This Friday night, only three weekends of high school football remain until the playoffs kick off. In the VHSL, we are getting ready for this week number nine here on the latest edition of the Scrimmage Play podcast alongside Bart Isley. I am Damon Dillman, virtually alongside Bart Isley, I should say. And yeah, Bart, obviously last week, such a big game, and now the games are getting bigger and bigger for a lot of teams here in the area. As we get closer to these playoffs, a lot of seating up for grabs, a lot of playoff spots, team still trying to compete for. We'll get into all of that a little later, but first we're going to begin by breaking down week number eight, Louisa going on the road and pitching the shutout in that game against Western that we had talked about so much last week. When we look at the offensive player of the week, we should say offensive players of the week. It's a couple of guys out of that Louisa backfield who had big nights helping the lions get that win on the road.
1: Yeah. I mean, eight, Jordan Smith, 16 carries for 145 yards, 12 carries for 137 for Landon Wilson, two touchdowns for Wilson. I mean, it's just so, you know, I, it, I think we knew that Louisa was going to do something a little bit different and they put it on the backs of these two guys. And yeah, they've been playing really well and carrying it, but like Louisa's maybe been spreading it a little bit, but like, 28 carries between those two, like they wanted it. They wanted to make sure that if they were going to win it, they were going to do it with those two guys Um, and they were going to give them a shot and and they got it done. Um, Just a really impressive ground attack. They didn't, they didn't, they threw for zero yards in this game. They went zero for three passing uh, and still finished with almost 400 yards of total offense. I don't know how the stack keeper doesn't get you over the line when you got 399 on the ground, but (laughs) that's just where we are. but 359 yards on the ground, amazing performance from those two guys. You know, we have talked we talked last week about how Landon Wilson is somehow getting glossed over. You know, I mean, this is probably – I mean, this kind of solidifies it to me. He's the best dual-threat quarterback right now in the area. Um, I mean, he's a tremendous, tremendous player, um, and he just put – he put Louisa on his back. And Jordan Smith is one of the best two-way players in the entire area all the way through um and it whether it's defense offense whatever and the transformation he's made from like quick scat back who needs to attack on the corner to all purpose back who can do whatever he they need him to do is just a tremendous uh credit to his growth. Uh he has been awesome uh awesome this year and and those two make their backfield very difficult and there's like three or four other guys you got to account for too. So um really impressive performance from those two guys. They really, they kind of, they came in and they made it. It wasn't, it wasn't up in the air. It was a decisive Louisa County win.
0: Albemarle and Goochland are two other Jefferson district teams who picked up big wins, big offensive performances and wins on the road for both of those teams. They've got a couple of guys, one from each of those teams who had big nights that you want to spotlight as well.
1: Yeah. Goochland's Amari and Quarles, man. You can't say enough about, that guy. I mean, like to, to lose your father uh, uh, earlier in the week, and then to come out and and battle like he did and play the way that he did play his best game, probably arguably of his career. um, Definitely of the season. I mean, like Amari and just got busy. They, while he was dealing with that turmoil, they were shifting him to tailback because of an injury uh, or fullback, you know, like sort of their, their main ball carrier spot. Um, And he, he took to it. He'd done some of it before, they said, but, I mean, three the three touches he had to start, two, two runs and then the pick six, all three touchdowns. Um, he finishes with four total touchdowns. He only needed five carries to get 161 yards. I mean, a ridiculous performance by Quarles uh, under just, you know, terrible, you know, tragic circumstances and, and just a really impressive, impressive outing for him. And then no aggrievance, man. He's playing, you know – Obviously, Ed McCarthy was back, and that was really big news. And that helps open things up for the passing game for Almar. And that Amaje Parker and Noah Grievous made Charles Will pay for trying to load up against Ed McCarthy. Four touchdown throws from Parker to Grievous. Grievous, man, he's just—it doesn't matter. Like you put him at running back, he's going to get it done. You put him at wideout, he's going to get done. He—he he is just going. He is a football player, and he's going to get it done wherever he needs to line up
0: jumping over to the defensive side of the ball and that's going to take us back out to Western and that Louisa shutout of previously unbeaten Western and Malik Huntington kind of got things started in the defensive backfield for the Lions with the play he made early in that game that kind of jump-started that defensive performance.
1: I I mean, if you watch the tape of Huntington driving on that ball, driving on that slant, if anybody can tell me that they didn't see something in tape that they knew like I, I, they're lying because something happened there. Because he drives on the ball with he such it close,
0: out immediately. Yeah.
1: Oh, I mean, he is he is as soon as the slant, like as soon as it's no longer a go, he is in the passing lane. He broke on the ball perfectly. He saw it perfectly. That's his first pick of his career, and he broke on it like he is. You know, Travon Diggs, man. I mean, like he was on it. Um, and I, I think that's got to come from preparation, and when you Yes, the pick is a big play generally, but they got it done early. It snuffed out a Western drive where they were moving the ball a little bit, and it's a huge momentum play. I'm not even a big believer in momentum, but in those games like that, that that makes a difference. I mean, that gives you so much confidence moving forward, and then Louisa was able to capitalize it. And to get a play, I think we talked about it on the podcast last week, that in games like that, sometimes it's going to take somebody that maybe you didn't know their name or maybe you weren't – Totally sure if they would be a factor. Malik Huntington was that guy uh, on Friday. Uh he delivered with a huge, huge pick. And like I said, it's obvious he did his he did his homework because he broke on that ball. That was just a heads-up smart play uh by the corner.
0: A few other defensive and special teams performances. Uh stab at a big special teams night, and Paul Poirier, friend of the program, uh always making plays for Orange on both sides of the ball. He had that big pick six. In the win against Savannah,
1: we just talked about Huntington. How heady that play was—the headiness of Poirier to read the quarterback's eyes and shift back to a route that's right behind him and pick it off. I mean, that's another really, really smart play. Just a great break on the ball, a great cutback, and he didn't—he didn't even break stride going into the end zone. He picked that thing off, and he was flying. Um, and and it, before anybody could react on, on that side of the ball, he was—he was crossing the line. So, a, a really tremendous performance. Uh, a big play from Poirier that kind of changed things because it wasn't exactly going, you know, they weren't crushing Fluvanna by any means at that point. Um, and he was able to really get that done. Um, Fluvana was putting up a pretty good fight. So a big play by him. And then, yeah, in, in John Blake's last game at Stab uh, at, you know, a, a last home game, Isaiah Johnson, man, a big play. And it's fitting. John Blake loves special teams play like he has his guys doing weird stuff all the time, I feel like on special teams. And there we see it again. That's not weird, but a tremendous they saw something in the tape that they liked because they jammed up uh, Catholics punting all game long. I mean, it just did not go well across the board for Catholic from a punting perspective. And Isaiah Johnson was a big reason why. They had to account for him after the first one. He recovered the second one. And then they were pretty nervous on the third one. So, I mean, I think it's it's pretty obvious what kind of impact he had on the game with that one.
0: And as we wrap up week eight, that brings us to the CNG Paving Road Grader of the Week. You talked earlier about the big rushing numbers that Louisa was able to put up in the win at Western. A lot of the credit for that has to go to the guys up front as well.
1: Yeah, you win – if you win the the so-called game of the year and you win it by 27, you get to sweep these awards. Like, that's just that's – just a, it's a new rule <laughs> <laughs> that we're implementing. And so a, a, a triple sweep for Louisa. And it goes to Eli Brooks, man. I, I can't – like, we talked about Eli a lot on the program because he is awfully, awfully good um and you can't you you can tell like we said like they wanted to put it on jordan smith and landon wilson's back the other back they wanted to put it on was eli brooks's back because they're running behind that guy that's how you bring up 399 yards all on the ground uh and he's just a huge reason why i mean like whether they're pulling him or whether they're running straight behind him or wherever i mean brooks is in animal and he sprung the Wilton for the big 71 yard touchdown that broke Western's back and he was wrecking shop on defense too. Brooks and Quentin Spellman book in defensive ends that are both tremendous. Brooks is is a different a little bit different guy. He's a little bit shorter than Spellman but he is so fleet of foot. And he is so smart. He knows everywhere he's supposed to be. He and Spelman both, man, they just know the game so well. Um, and it, it just it changes everything when you bring that kind of intelligence in that kind of athletic package. It's it's just different. And, and it looked different, and that, and that's what I think was the difference maker when it really came down to it was just how big, how strong, how smart uh, Louise is on that offensive line. Because it, 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 that made a big difference against a Western team that Nobody has to see guys like Louisa every week, but in particular, Western has some undersized guys that they get get it done with technicality. Uh, but sometimes you're going to get mauled uh, by big guys like that that also know how to play the game really well. So Eli Brooks, easy choice, man. A, a, a tremendous performance from him.
0: All right. And before we move on to week number nine, we want to thank uh, CNG Paving, the presenting sponsor. If you want your paving or asphalt job done right the first time. You want CNG to knock it out. With 30 years of experience under owner Jeff Gray, this family-owned local business has been taking care of roads, parking lots, and driveways across central Virginia for decades. And with a five-star rating on Facebook, you know they're going to get it done right. Give them a call at 540-456-6179 for a free estimate. And with that, we do turn our attention to week number nine and the main event this week in the Jefferson District I think I think we all when Goochland joined the district, there were a bunch of matchups, obviously, that were intriguing coming into the season. And this is one of those games on that list. So Albemarle and Goochland. This is a big game for both of these teams, and it'll be really interesting. It'll for both teams. We talked at the top about playoff positioning and, and teams trying to solidify their cases. This this is one of those games for both of these teams, probably especially for Goochland.
1: Yeah, I think Almar just bottom line needs to keep winning because when you're sitting at eight in a really challenging region, there's some folks right behind you. And there's some folks right in front of you that that your your positioning is precarious. Um, And they've got a very challenging game with Louisa. They've got a challenging game with Goochland. And, you know, Fluvana, like we talked about with Orange earlier, fluvana' is not a super easy out right now either. So, they, you know, they've got to kind of get the job done and close strong uh, in order to kind of solidify themselves up because they, they don't have very many bonus point opportunities on their schedule at the start of the season. Um, and then, you know, they, they got some quality wins early, but they've got to finish strong here um, and, and kind of put it together. So, so that's Almar's situation is simple. Goochland is a little bit different because Goochland is—they get a chance to really vault up the the rankings with a win over Almore. That changes everything for them in their region. They can really take a big leap. So it's a huge opportunity for Goochland. But I—I I mean, I don't know that I'd want to be trying to stop Amaje Parker, Grievous, and uh, Ed McCarthy right now. I mean, they're—it's clear they're healthy. They're ready to go. They've got all the pieces of the offense working, and we already know what they bring to the table defensively. I mean, you do not beat a William Fleming without a good defense. I mean, it is obvious how good they are on that side of the ball. And they got two of the best corners, I, I would argue, in the area. Um, it, and I think that when you've got those pieces going, when you got Jacob Terry and you got Malik Washington, you got those guys out there, and then you've got you know a, a really challenging front seven. To to run on. I don't know. It, it, it's a, a really fun Almar team. And it's going to be interesting to see what they're able to do against Goochland that obviously plays a very different style. And you've got to be able to hem in CJ Tolls. Western Almar will tell you that. If you hem him in, you make him beat, beat him with his arm, that's a little more, that's a little more challenging for them. But you let him get loose, he he can really hurt you. So uh, a big game for both teams and, and Almar a, a great chance to get to get a win on the road.
0: All right, and before we wrap up this week's podcast, as we get deeper into October, the volleyball postseason gets closer and closer as well. And there have been a couple of really good developments for both Albemarle and the Western Volleyball program these last couple of weeks, this entire season, actually, that I know you wanted to make mention of before we wrap things up.
1: Yeah, man, I mean, Maya Winterhoff, uh, I can't stress, we do not have, we're not a volleyball, Division One volleyball hotbed. Like, that's, those, those programs, division one volleyball programs, recruit largely in, you know, the 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 Sunbelt type states in <laughs> the Texas and the Florida and you know, those kind of squad. And that's that's where you see a lot of those players come from. And and really that's probably the sport that I feel like that you can count the least amount of maybe division one players that have come over the last 10 years. So Winter Off stands out not only as like a division one athlete, but like she is just absolutely a machine and they feed her and it, she has been so productive a thousand career kills that she just reached this week really exciting and it, it's made for a really fun give and take between Western and Almar this year Western ends up with the sweep uh, but Western is a, a, a team that does not make a lot of mistakes. They have improved drastically over the last couple of years and really gotten back to where they were before. I think mean, that's just set up to be a really good rivalry going forward, even without Winterhoff in the mix. But Western is one of those squads that's definitely bigger than the sum of their parts. Maybe they don't have that one kid like a Winterhoff, but Brooke Chavez is getting it done as a hitter. I mean, they, they just have a lot of pieces and they don't make a lot of mistakes on the back end. Uh, and I think it's exciting to see Western get back to where it is. And to see Winterhoff finishing up a career over the next couple of weeks that has just been ridiculous. And it been interrupted and cut short by COVID and, and, and all those factors. She has just kept on chucking. And, and, and she is just very, very good. And one of the best that we've ever seen as a hitter. She's definitely worth seeing if you get a chance to get out in the next couple of weeks.
0: And with that, we are going to wrap up another edition of the Scrimmage Play podcast. I want to thank once again CNG Paving for their efforts and their help with this program. I want to thank Bart for his time. Obviously, we will be back here next week to break down week nine of the high school football season as the postseason draws even more, even closer. It's, crunch time for a lot of these teams as we talked about earlier and i'm sure that'll be even more amplified as we get closer to november once again for bart i am damon thanks for joining us and we'll be back next week